Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 312, entitled Zach Swinehart on how to get more done, aka being more productive, part two. It was published on Thursday the 26th of January 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just before we begin, a few bits of housekeeping. The first thing to mention is that the Page Builder Summit is just around the corner. It's happening between the 20th and 24th of February and we're still looking for some sponsors. If your company is in the WordPress space, this is an excellent way to get your messaging out in front of a very WordPress specific audience who are very much into the future of WordPress. You can find out more by going to pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors one more time, pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors and have a browse, see what you think. And you can always contact me on the WP Builds contact page if you've got any curiosity about filling up some of those spots. So one last time, pagebuildersummit.com forward slash sponsors. And if you want to subscribe to what we do over here, head over to our subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP builds. Once more, go.me forward slash WP builds. And we really, really thank GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing, continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, like I said at the top, this is episode 312. It's Zach Swinehart on part two. It's a podcast in which he really goes to town on how to get deep work done, how to concentrate, how to be less distracted. There is a first part to this, and really, in all honesty, if you haven't listened to the first part, it's probably apropos that you do. I'd go and search for episode number 310 on the wpbuilds.com website and search for that and give that a play because it kind of lays the foundation for this episode. We start off by going through whether or not I have kicked my email habit, whether I'm habitually checking. That was something that we set up at the end of the last episode. And then we really get into all of the bits and pieces that make up Jack's tooling, the way that he manages to get himself into being productive. And he calls this deep work. And he talks about all of the different tools and methods that he's got for doing this. I list out a bunch of tools that I found useful over time. And really, it's just a, a guideline for some of the ways that you might be able to grab your own attention back and be more in control of your own focus. It's a really interesting episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today again by Zach Swinehart. How are you doing, Zach? Oh, I'm just great. How are you? Yeah, good. Zach, if you uh, if you weren't listening last, well, I was going to say last week, but it was a fortnight ago, two weeks ago, because that's the way we roll on this podcast. We intersperse them with interviews, and then I have a chat with David Wormsley. So two weeks ago, the, the first episode with Zach dealt with quite a lot of bits and pieces, and I'm going to say this podcast is a follow-up to that one. 
There may be some value in listening to this one in isolation, but I would imagine at the start of this conversation, I'm going to recommend go back, listen to the episode from a couple of weeks ago, because you're going to then get some context about what it is that we're going to talk about today. The reason that Zach's back is essentially we had too much to say. And about 50 minutes in, I called a halt and said, whoa, let's break this up into two episodes. And you left me with a bit of a challenge in the previous episode, didn't you? I sure did. So we ended the last one with you committing to doing deep work until what time was it that you were going to not check your inbox? Essentially midday. All right. Yeah. So how's that been going? Yeah, that's Mr. fine. Mr. Wrigley. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Lie down on the sofa and tell me about your father. <laughs> um, I I have been very good. I disciplined myself because I, I kind of felt at the end of the last episode, we were analyzing where time may get wasted. And I felt that for me, at least anyway, uh, email was a great time suck. I could really get lost in email for ages and and kind of I had it up on a pedestal. I'd open it in the morning when there were probably better things to be done. So open it would be. First thing that happened on the on the morning would be to go through the email and, you know, I've no idea what's coming in there. I can't filter what's in my inbox. It's just in my inbox. But because it's in my inbox, I would deal with it. So yes, I've been very good. I I didn't check it until midday each day. So in that sense, I was very good. But <laughs> here comes the killer. Do you want to know what I did instead? Uh-oh. Yeah, I read a book. <laughs> okay, well, it could be worse. You know, you could have doom-scrolled Twitter or something. Yes, I, I spent... So I didn't read until midday, but I definitely did. I kind of thought to myself, okay, I'm saving a bit of time here. So I gave myself a bit of leisure time. I typically spent about 20 minutes not starting. So I'd normally sit at my desk at about 8.30, something like that, and begin the day. And I found myself kind of lurking in the kitchen with my Kindle, reading my book and forgiving myself for that, and then beginning at nine o'clock. So in, in some sense, it was a bit of a bit of a swing and a roundabout. In some sense, I lost a bit of time, but definitely gained a bit of time. But, but I did, qu- yeah, yeah, I did ahead. notice, though, that I, I had no, there was literally no impediment for me doing it. There was no pull, there was no tug, there was no mental... Um, sort of beckoning towards the email I didn't feel I needed to open it up and when I yeah and when I had that kind of instinct to go and check the tab where it normally is because on my browser it's always the far left tab I've got a whole bunch of tabs open as I'm sure Mm -hmm. everybody has it's the furthest left one I found myself kind of automatically there was a bit of muscle memory going over there with the mouse and then seeing that it wasn't there to be opened and I just didn't open it Mm. and so there was no there was no problem so in terms of productivity I definitely got some time back I don't know that it was a direct correlation to okay you saved yourself half an hour a day or 40 minutes a day or whatever but it was interesting to me that the and I'm going to say in inverted commas the addiction that I had Mm. to that didn't present itself as a problem I didn't feel like I was withdrawn from it so I'll chalk that up as a success let's hope I can continue so the question I'd have on that last bit about if it was a net gain do you feel that by, because you essentially, if you didn't check the inbox and you read the book, when you did check the inbox, did you process it in the same amount of time or less? Or did you essentially just defer inbox time from the morning to later in the day and it took just as much? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it like that. But now that you mention it, yes, I definitely had a different relationship with it because of the time of day that it was at and my day was already busy. And let's say, for example, so midday, typically I would go and grab a bite to eat. So it's lunch and I'm already halfway through things. You know, I set the alarm or whatever it may be. Midday comes along, stop, 
pause the task halfway through. And then when I came back, I was already halfway through something. So I was eager to finish that off, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. So it, yeah, there was definitely a, there was definitely a change in the way that I dealt with email. That's true. I was far more, far more efficient, shall we say, and less dawdling. Yeah. And then when you did process your inbox, like, so let's say your normal vibe would be to check your inbox for, I don't know how, what it would look like, but say 15 minutes every hour. Yeah, maybe maybe less. Maybe maybe if you aggregated it, it would end up being sort of like five minutes every hour. But in the morning, okay. it could be anything up to like 30, 40 minutes easily. Yeah. Okay. So suppose old Nathan style, we added up all those separate blocks, counting the like the context switching and stuff. Do you think that if you add up those blocks, let's say it comes out to an hour, did you still spend this same hour, even though you did it in a condensed time, or did it come out to less, do you reckon? Uh, you're gonna have to rephrase that because I didn't quite <laughs> understand that. Where was the where was the target of that question? I wasn't quite sure where you were aiming it. What I'm driving at here is, you got to read a book that you enjoyed in the morning, and if you did that, and the consequence of that was that you just created more work for yourself later because your inbox took just as much time as it would have before the experiment, then you didn't really get like a quote free book reading. You instead just got a book reading that caused your work to take Right, longer. I deferred the problem till later. Yeah. Yes, no, that's not my experience. I felt that I got through the exact same amount of time with an extra bit of time in the day to read a book. Oh, so that's a huge win. Yeah, I think so. Um, yes, I would say so. That's that's definitely true. The cool. The efficiency that I had, the sort of drive to get it done because I knew I had other things. And in my case, my time is very much constrained by the family so at a certain mm. hour of the day, the, the children who've been at school, and so the children depart the house, and by 8.30, essentially the house is quiet. So that's when I can begin. So that's when mm. things begin. Um, but in the afternoon, there's a certain time on a particular day. It's, it's different because the kids do different things and clubs and all of that kind of stuff. I have this, I have this moment where I know that I'm going to be possibly derailed for the rest of the day until maybe they've even gone to bed. Right. And <laughs> so on... Uh, given that I hadn't looked at the email until midday, the amount of time I had left in the day was typically much, much shorter. So right. yes, I think it did have an impact. Yeah. Well, put it this way. I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Well, that's that was going to be my question. That's yeah. the true the true demonstration of value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I removed it from my phone a long time ago. I can't remember if we went into this, but essentially my phone is now derelict of anything that can reach out to me. There's no <laughs> no notifications. There's no Facebook. I've, I've disabled email. I've got rid of absolutely everything which has a social component or a notification component, except text messages, you know, because I want to be in touch with my kids and my wife and so on and so forth. Um and I was able to do that years ago, and it had no impact on me whatsoever. But it's interesting that on the desktop, I kind of make excuses to keep that stuff going. And I think maybe you've shoved me in the right direction to also make the uh, make the endeavor there. Just just block it into time, chunk it into, I don't know, in my case, it'll probably be after lunch now, um, mm. check them. And then maybe just before I knock off in the evening, have a quick check, see if anything catastrophically urgent has emerged. <laughs> but typically it won't. So yeah, bit of a win. Nice. Well, yeah, I'll, I'm going to count that as a win. Yeah. Okay, where we ended off last episode, Zach went through his sort of bullet-pointed list. I think it may be six, possibly seven. I can't exactly remember. And you were finishing that episode describing your little six or seven-point plan uh, as to how you go about achieving things. So 
do you want to just begin this episode reiterating what it was that you said toward the end of the last episode? Yes, defo. So uh, the first step, very forest through the trees, is to just determine what your big goals are. And I think that Nathan's example of having some time with his Kindle is a great illustration that your big goals don't necessarily have to be business goals. It might be that you want to free up more time to spend with your family or free up some time to read a book or just enjoy your life. These efficiency gains don't necessarily need to be harnessed to just, you know, become some task executing robot. So if we start with the big goals, uh, and that it's helpful in the context of business goals because we're going to reverse engineer them. Uh, but if you start with your goals and then you look at what needs to happen to get there, the next step is to do the work that moves you forward towards that daily. And actually, Nathan, I'm sorry, let's cut this because I think the bit about the personal life doesn't make sense here because the point is that we're reverse engineering them. Sorry. So when you say let's cut this a little bit, what this do you mean? All, let's not I'll just restart the framework. Okay. Uh, I'm just, for number one, I'm not going to say any of that stuff about your family. I think that'll come later. Okay. So my my little bit that I just had. You can keep it. I can keep it. And I'll just it. start okay. again. That's fine. Go for it. Totally. So uh, the first step, very high level force through the trees, is to determine what your big goals are. Uh, so for you, if you're trying to scale your agency or something, you might have the goal of scaling the agency. And the second step is to determine what needs to happen next to get there. And if you don't know, that's where you might be able to, say, work with a mentor or take a course and maybe working with a mentor, taking a course is what needs to happen next to get there so that you can determine the next steps. Uh, from there, I like to make a point to do the work that moves me forward towards that goal daily. So those things that we determined in step two that we need to do, work on those daily when I have my best energy. For me, that means working on it before I do anything else. Very first thing in the morning, no notifications, no nothing, just wake up, drink coffee, start writing or start coding or start building processes. Uh, and then step four is only after you've spent this important time on what's going to move your business forward, should you spend time working quote in your business. So if you're trying to grow your agency, for example, but you're still doing all the fulfillment yourself, that work in the business is the fulfillment, whereas the work on the business would be processes or whatever you need to prioritize. Step five, is just kind of a little, uh, it's almost like a friendly version of a knife twist, I guess, if there is a friendly knife twist, which <laughs> is just that being mindful of the idea that if you do want to grow your business, which I don't think it necessarily is a good fit for every freelancer to want to scale an agency, certainly not for me, but if you do, uh, each week that you spend kind of stuck in fulfillment is essentially just treading water and you might look back after a year or two or five or whatever and see that you're kind of in the same place you've been for a while. And that's why it's so important to prioritize that time on the business. Uh, and from there, last step is to optimize your time and support yourself with tools and systems to help pick up slack where you naturally are a little bit weak instead of shaming yourself and feeling like you should have a lot of willpower or a lot of self-control or just be able to handle it all on your own. And we'll talk today about tools and strategies as well. So okay. that's the high level overview. Yeah, thank you. That's great. I'm just going to just quickly go on to step six. I know that's kind of about face, but I just want to dwell on it because it's kind of interesting to me because the optimizing of the time kind of 
implies that you've been through all the other five points first and then you've decided to you know you've decided okay there's things broken in here i haven't been working on the business so much as in the business i need to I need to juggle this and figure out how much time i want to do this do you do you revisit this on a sort of daily basis are you trying to optimize the time on a daily basis or do you do you try to do this over a week or a month in other words have you got things like working on your business not in your business do you dedicate a whole day to that or a whole week to that or do you how do you how do you sort of divide all of this up so for revisiting i revisit both daily and weekly okay uh, i think last episode i might have linked to my daily journal template but if yes. I didn't, I can link to it today yep, and I'll link to it, it today anyway. Yep. So one of the things I have in my daily journal template is like what went well, what needs work, what could be tweaked moving forward. And when I notice myself getting knocked off, like, um, for example, something I've been currently struggling with, with my no notifications thing is that whenever I turn my phone on to do my evening routine, which I have to do on my phone with data so that I can like connect to my, um, my symptoms and uh nutrition tracking app sometimes i'll get notifications when i don't want to be getting notifications and so i have to like debug this and so i kind of log this as a weakness or if i got distracted by something when i was meaning to do deep work i can kind of make a note of that and then think about how i might tweak that moving forward so i think it's um it's one of those just ongoing evolving processes of honing a framework obviously yeah. you can't spend 30 minutes or an hour or whatever researching tools and journaling every single day. But I think it's one of those things where if you notice you keep having the same problem, um, like a good example is you and I both use different tools for hiding the inbox feed when you go to Gmail. So right. it kind of adds an extra step. So that's a great example of one where it's like, if someone notices that just out of habit, they keep clicking the little Gmail icon on their phone, the little optimization to theirs, is just remove the Gmail icon from your home screen. Or if they click, keep clicking to the Gmail tab on their computer, install one of these little plugins. So little optimizations like that, I do very often. Broad ones, I like to revisit on like weekly or monthly journal. I guess it's true to say that everybody's going to be different in this. In that you yeah. know you'll have different constraints in time. You'll have you'll have a different relationship to your work in the evening. It may be that you're quite happy to work throughout every evening, and you know you're a bit of a bit of a workaholic in inverted commas. And but you might not want to do that. You might want to switch everything off and demarcate tons of time to to the family or whatever it might be. You, maybe it's nine to five, in which case you need to be constrained just another one quick thing before we go into the whole you know dig deeper into each and every piece of that puzzle do you do you kind of include leisure time in this do you kind of block your leisure time in the same way that you do all of the other bits and pieces to do with work in other words do you allow yourself say four hours in the evening on a monday two hours in the evening on a tuesday or do you just say no time out finish start again in the morning uh, both. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I don't and I regret it. Yeah. Uh, I like music production. It's kind of my, it's my designated hobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's my chosen yeah. productive hobby. And when I do music production, which I usually do on Saturdays as my music production day, I won't do my work cycles. I won't be notification free, these sorts of things. And I, I don't think that's good. You know, like, because part of me is like, well, this isn't work. You know, I shouldn't do all this crazy stuff. But at the same time, 
the quality of that experience is kind of diminished. You know, I spend an hour and a half responding to things on Facebook or whatever, and it's not adding any value to my life and it's not helping me feel recharged. So the answer is sometimes I do. I try to block off time during the day for leisure, but it is something I'm currently still working on and having challenges with because like one of the things I want to talk about today is that once you're really dialed into deep work, it can be easy if you have an ADHD hyper-focused personality like me where you actually need to be really intentional about building in enough shallow work time. So what I'll keep doing is my deep work time will bleed over. I don't have enough time to do my shallow work, which means I have to do all this shallow work and it bleeds into the evening, which means that the thing that came last, AKA my leisure, takes the hit and gets cut out. And so I think that's a big weakness in my system that I need to improve. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, for me, it's more of a, a simple switch off and then decide the the family kind of orientates my leisure time you know it's not just me deciding what i can do with things there's often other things which i know i've got to do it's interesting because my my calendar is full of uh events that have that i know i've got to be a part of but they're not something that i am directly a part of so it you know it's taxiing children to various other places and and they can be at all sorts of curious times of day so i've got to be a little bit flexible and i guess that's the same for anybody who's a sort of freelance okay all right all of that being dealt with let's just hand it over to you and see where this episode wants to go because i know you've given it quite a bit of thought Where, where do you want to begin with your sort of deep dive into the deep work well i think the sexiest thing here is probably tools okay even though it is last in the protocol, I think most people listening will be quite keen to learn about tools and strategies. Okay. Uh, I think that the one kind of concept that I'd really love to impart before we dive into tools is with with the idea of those little daily tweaks and honing and stuff, I think that the biggest mindset shift here that's made a huge, huge difference on my life is this idea of building a personal protocol. I actually, in Notion, have a handbook for like habits and things to do to live a good life. And the idea of building a protocol is really valuable because it it's like a system that you can tweak over time that if you just follow the system, you don't have to think about it. You can just reference your system and things just kind of work. So when we're talking about these different strategies and you're thinking about where you have your strengths and where you have your challenges, uh, I think if you'd always be oriented towards building a protocol, that will probably be really helpful depending okay. on your personality. All right. So Notion, you mentioned. I've, I confess I've not used Notion. What, what really? Is, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. Everybody's raving about it. But I had the, the merest look at it one time. <laughs> and I figured, actually, I've got things which do basically everything uh, that I want. And and I have that. Uh, actually, I am a kind of reformed and recovering AppSumo addict. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, years and years ago. Honestly, it's not been for a while to be honest but i kind of bought all the tools and tried everything and Mm. i've I've ended up settling on some probably less than optimal but optimal for me set of tools so um i know that notion does a whole load of whiz bang interesting things and but i'm i'm not entirely sure that they're they're things that i'm all that interested in given what i've got to achieve each day but just outline maybe if that's what you want to do outline what um what notion brings to you sure uh, so Notion, I'm not sure is necessarily critical for my deep work specifically, which is the idea behind this episode. But I will say I love Notion for just organizing everything. I use it for organizing personal projects like music production. I use it as project management for all my client projects. I use it for 
like a content calendar for blogging. I have the notes about this podcast episode in there. I have my daily journal in there. Just everything you ever need to keep track. It's a second brain for me. It's yeah. not built like that as much as, um, gosh, what's that one? It starts with an R. I don't know. Uh, there's one that's a software tool for like literally a second brain. But Okay. No, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, maybe we use this to pivot into tools. So um, I think with tools, we can kind of break tools into a few different categories. Do you want me to recap the categories yeah, first? Yeah, why not? That's, that's okay. a good idea, yeah. So I, I, in thinking about it, as it pertains to getting good, deep work done, I feel like the categories are accountability, deep work guidance, which I'll explain in a minute, routine management, task management, impulse control, connection with most important work, and deep focus encouragement. Hmm. Okay. And so um, for accountability, I think that this is more useful for some people than others. I think most people know whether or not they benefit from accountability. And when you and I were talking last time, I remember you said something to me like, if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I will definitely do it because I... I just always do yeah. something like that, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, if if I've promised something to somebody, I feel awful if I don't deliver it. So for me, it's a very effective way of keeping myself in check. Promise something to somebody is going to work for me every time. Yeah. Nice. Mm. And I think there are probably some people who the accountability thing works really well. Others, they might shy away from it a little bit because they'll feel shame if they don't do what they said or something, yep. which I guess can be, can pull you into a kind of a bad cycle. Yeah. I think, I think you have to be mindful of that in that, you know, if, if for example, it's bound by a deadline, missing the deadline has the same impact for me as not completing it at all. Yeah. I feel like I've, you know, like I've totally failed. So I have to be a bit mindful of that and kind of have workarounds. If, you know, if I realize mm. a long time in advance, it's going to fail, then I'll get on the email or the phone or whatever it might be and make sure that the person on the other end of that promise knows that I'm likely not to fulfill it. And then I feel fine again. Okay, good. So you have good coping mechanisms. Yeah. You don't just fall into a shame yeah. spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I have a few tools within the accountability department that I've found quite helpful. So if you're listening and accountability is helpful for you, uh, there's a tool called Focusmate which basically pairs you with somebody over video. And you, at the beginning of this work session, you say what you're going to work on and they say what they're going to work on. And then you're screen sharing. Uh, and then you check in at the end. So if at the end you're like, oh, actually I didn't work on that blog post. I just watched Rick and Morty. They will they'll hold <laughs> you read a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a cool one. Another one that I've been really loving lately that's going to come up in a bunch of contexts is uh, a bunch of these categories rather is Habitica, which Nathan, I think I was telling you about that last time. Yeah, right? you or were, no? you, you definitely mentioned that last time. Yeah. Interesting. It has uh, a nice accountability component that I kind of wanted to disable actually, because I think accountability for me doesn't work that well. I think I, I find, I find it very triggering sometimes if I'm like holding a group back, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with Habitica, if you don't do your daily routines, you actually damage your other party members. It's like a gamified RPG kind of habit thing. So um, it's a nice little accountability stick. Nice. And then uh, a couple others in the accountability category that might give you ideas is an accountability buddy. I had somebody back yeah. in the day who I would check in with like every day on Skype, back when people use Skype. 
Uh, that was pretty cool. Goal setting buddy. And I feel like the ultimate accountability, if you want to know where your time goes, is something to track time like Toggle. I've been lately playing with not just tracking time I spend on client projects, but tracking time I spend on breaks, eating food, things like that to see where it is that my time is actually going versus just where my client work time is actually going. It's been very illuminating. Yeah. So interestingly with that one, do you do you then do you switch the, the timer on when you begin your work and then switch it off? And then do, do you begin another timer when your, let's say, lunch break or whatever it might be begins? Yeah. And then you end that and then start the work in. Or do you just do you just keep a track of the bits between when you were working? So, you know, knocked off at 12, started at 110. I've had an hour and 10 for lunch, that kind of thing. The former. Okay. So um, yeah. the way I'll do it is if I have, and I guess I can, I feel like I'll have a good guide for tracking this. So I can link to that in the show notes too. Uh, but the way I like to do it is I'll create in Toggle a client for myself. So it's like a Zach Swinehart client. And then projects within that client for work on the business. So, for example, um, marketing, outreach, content creation, things yep. like that. Yep. And so then if I'm writing a blog post, I'll track it to the Zach Swinehart content writing one. And then if I have work in the business, so like work for a client site, I'll switch the timer and that's attached to the client as the client and project in Toggle. And then I have a set of projects for my personal life and that's the one I need to develop a bit more as of today, where I'll switch to this like Zach Swinehart personal life versus Zach Swinehart on the business. Right. And that'll have projects. And presumably the if you're working with an hourly rate, your personal one is just clocking time and nothing more. It's just giving you a, a oversight of all of that. Whereas the, the client ones are also presumably leading into some sort of billing system, which calculates how much time you spent and how much you need to bill and those kind of things. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a lot, so I've experimented over the years with charging hourly and I'm now going more towards per project, yeah. um, more value-based pricing kind of thing. And the thing is, uh, calculating effective hourly rate, obviously in both instances is really important to know which one is having better results for you. Yeah. And so, uh, so having that kind of Zach Swinehart business one for tracking stuff that let's say, let's say I was doing an hourly client project and there was some work that I didn't want to charge them for but that, that I did on the project so maybe I made a bad estimate something took way longer but it was my fault not their fault maybe I wouldn't want to charge them for that but I still want to keep track of how that affected my total time on the project I might switch to a Zach Swinehart project that's like you know uh, labeled as something like excess time or something I don't yeah. have one set up for that currently but yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, ideal day would be toggle running all gosh darn day. Yeah, just flicking between one and the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mentioned that Habitica come up a bunch of times. So I've been using Habitica to help incentivize myself to do things that I want to do but don't ever seem to actually do. And so I created a little habit thingy in Habitica for track time on a non-work project. So every time I track time on a non-work project, I get to go in there, click the little plus, and I get a 
little happy celebratory sound, and I get experience points, and I get gold. Really cool. <laughs> all, the, all the important stuff. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> but these little incentives, they can kind of work. I'm just going to circle back on the the um, the first one that you mentioned, which was the, well, I don't know if it was the first, but an accountability partner, a real world mm-hmm. one on Skype. I did that for a while, and then the kind of projects moved, and the, the way that I was working moved, and all of a sudden it became mm. obvious that that real world interaction wasn't really working anymore. Mm. For me, it's more... Um, or at least it was, you know, I would make promises to clients. And so the mm, client yeah. was the person. So there was never that kind of, uh, how to describe it, there was never that kind of particularly friendly approach towards accountability. It was just that I owed them something by then because I promised it. But right. um, I know that a lot of people do get a lot of success from having a friendly face on the end of Skype or whatever it is now, Zoom, um, and helping each other, giving each other a bit of support and camaraderie at the end of a, a long and busy day where you may feel that you failed, just having that little pat on the back can be quite nice. Yeah, and it can be so lonely being a freelancer oh, working yeah. from home. So yeah. it's a nice kind of, it's nice to see a face consistently too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're a fantastic set of tools. Do you want to um, carry on yeah. in that vein? Are there other tools in different spheres or? Yep, Do, unless you have anything you want to add. For no, I think that was good, yeah. So the next category I have up is deep work guidance. And uh, what I mean by this is like a category of tool that's going to kind of help nudge you and remind you of what what you're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, so one of those, which we already mentioned in the accountability section, is also Focusmate. So Focusmate is structured either on a 50-10 cycle or a 25-5 cycle. So like a 50-minute work cycle, 10-minute break. Okay. Or 25-5 would be 25 minutes work, 5-minute break. Uh, so that's kind of a way to manage your cadence. I notice at least for myself, I don't know if you can relate to this or listeners can, and this actually happened to me just earlier today. If I start working and I hyper-focus on something, like I'm coding or I'm writing or something, and I don't take breaks, I'll get into what I call code zombie mode where my eyes just like kind of glaze over. I'm not making intelligent decisions. I'm just bashing my head against the wall until I can get the code to compile. Um, do you ever have this? If you just sit down and crunch for like yeah. three hours, your yeah. brain just gets fried? Yeah. I, um, three hours for me would be almost unachievable, I think. I'm definitely mm. in, in smaller chunks than that. For me, the the solution is get out the chair and if yeah. possible, get outside. Mm, um, that's a good one. Being outside just fixes so much for me. I mean, obviously, if I'm going out into the pouring rain, that's that's really not. That's, that's going to have the exact opposite <laughs> effect. But if it's a nice day... And I can go for a quick walk round the block a bit further. I I forgive myself that many, many times a day. But nice. typically it's not that long, you know, ten minutes, yeah. just something to, to clear the air. And I come back and I find I find that things that were annoying, you know, twenty minutes ago have suddenly mm. got less of an annoying complexion to them. Yeah, I love that. And I've had success with that too. And uh, you know, the good thing is that since you live in the UK, as I understand it, pretty much never rains there. So you oh, that's get right. Yeah, that it's very dry. Well. I never, never <laughs> have to never have to carry an umbrella. No, it's yeah. a constant battle that one. But even <laughs> even just the so I'm pretty good at not kind of getting deflected by going down and watching telly or something like that. You know, in other words, substituting entertainment for work. I'm I'm very disciplined with that. I simply do not do it. Apart from this mm. book thing, which is like a new, <laughs> slightly strange habit. Um, but if it was raining and I didn't want to go outside, I would just find something else to do. You know, I might do some dishes or a bit of some of the household chores that mm, you're yeah. doing. Just something to, just to, do, just to get my head off things. Really, yeah, yeah. Something I've been experimenting with lately. I I read somewhere I don't even know where 
that in your breaks as a computer worker, it's really helpful to look at something that's like at least 20 feet or meters, 20 some unit of measurement away. Yep. Uh, I've been playing with sometimes like I'll go to the back porch and I'll work on like writing some lyrics where I'll look off into the distance for yeah. a bit, write the lyric down, you know, something like that to just, or exercising in the living room, looking far away. Do, do you know, like this is really interesting to me because more recently, and I do think it's a product of my age, but it's definitely something I need to deal with. If I've been in front of the screen all day and I haven't given myself those breaks because I haven't felt the need for them, I spend about 20 minutes having to readjust my sight. Mm. So I'll go down and I'll be, let's say, preparing some food or something like that. And I suddenly realize all of it's out of focus. And it genuinely takes about 15 to 20 minutes for that focus to change. And then I'm fine for the rest of the evening. Um, wow. But I, I do think that's a curious thing. And I don't I don't see any I don't see any good coming of that. And I yeah, think, it doesn't I, seem like a good no, thing. No, no, not at all. But it's really recent. <laughs> and But okay. it is slightly troubling. So I, I feel that medically speaking, I need to make those breaks as much as anything yeah. else, because I don't want my I don't want my eyesight becoming permanently fixed on something, you know, 24 inches away from my face. And I do think that that is the the idea behind the look at something 20 feet away thing. Yeah. So it might be helpful. Yeah. Uh, good point. Okay. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so all of these specific techniques aside, scaling us back, the, um, the idea of taking breaks, at least for Nathan and I, seems to be really important. Uh, yeah. I think everyone's different. I have explored the Pomodoro technique before, which is the 25 minutes working, five minute break. And I don't like it a lot for me. I feel like 25 minutes isn't enough time to really get into it. I find that what works for me best is somewhere around 50 or 60 minutes with a break. I rebel I against it, but oh yeah, go ahead, Nathan. No, I was just going to say, I completely agree. 25 minutes to me. I've tried that technique, but it was a long, long time ago. And I became frustrated by how short 25 minutes was. Mm. Um, and I didn't really realize that there was a similar technique over longer periods of time. I just thought that's the technique. I'm not going to use it. So for me, it's it's generally hours. I'm quite happy doing hours at a time. Okay. Um, and I don't I don't really notice a drop in the first hour. Probably in the second hour, it's starting to taper off a little bit. So I should probably enforce something a little bit like you, 50 minutes or an hour or something. That probably would create more productivity. I've just got a little a little aside because I know there's quite a there's quite a, a suite of tools out there that claim to be able to extend almost for free your attention span. So things like, for example, I don't know if you come across it, there's a there's a web app called Brain FM. Oh, it's on the list. Oh, okay. So the, <laughs> the idea of that is basically it plays you music, which is kind of benign. In, in, in a way, it's kind of not really there. It's just this sort of gentle thumping beat with some kind of... I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's it's there's no melody. You can't sort of get mm -hmm. caught up in singing the lyrics. Yeah. And the intention of that is that it enables you to concentrate for a greater length of time. And I, I, I do wonder about that because I don't really want to trick myself into working longer if the result of that is it's just it's just nonsense and I've just worked longer and the music's just been a they've just pulled a veil over my head and realize when yeah. I pull the veil back actually you've just cheated yourself you've worked for two hours and it felt like two hours and you know you've convinced yourself that this music was in some way helping <laughs> yeah I mean so brain fm interestingly as I understand it brain the company that makes brain fm is primarily a research company that's researching non-medicative treatments for ADHD and so they created brain fm as like a product that is backed by their research. So they're trying to like use audio to, to help with ADHD. So there's um, science behind it, which they actually yeah. do go, to be fair, they it's a long time since I looked, but they, they do make that clear. There's quite a lot of documentation on there. Some of it is almost impenetrably hard to read. 
But yeah, um, yeah that's interesting. I, okay. I think you do speak to an important term. I, I think that more important than deep work is strategic deep work. Spending your deep work time on the right stuff. Because if you spend four hours uber concentrated on something dumb that doesn't move the needle, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you can be as focused as you want, but if it's on the wrong thing, it's not going to move your business where you want. Yeah. And um, on this idea of breaks, so I, I love Brain FM. Part of it is that I was producing um, EDM before, and now I'm producing metal, and those are like the two things I listen to. So now whenever I listen to music, it's really distracting because I'm a music producer now, and so I'm like, oh. I wonder how they made that sound right. when they opened yeah. up Ableton and yeah. spend six hours on that. Uh, so <laughs> for me, Brain FM is just a really helpful, non-distracting thing. But what I do find is that regardless of how hyper-focused I am, if I don't take breaks, it will feel like I'm getting more done in the short term, but I'm a lot more prone to going down rabbit holes where I spend too much time on the wrong stuff. And then the lack of breaks aggregates and costs me time. Yeah. And I can share an example from just today if you want. Yeah. Right? Okay. So um, I really struggle with writing short form content. If you couldn't have guessed that by the fact that we broke this podcast into two episodes. <laughs> uh, so I, I really want to get good at just writing a blog post that takes five minutes to read. And I set out to do that today. So I was like, all right, Zach, you've got, got two work cycles to write this post. And then it came to the end. I was like, oh, but I'm almost done. So let me just keep working on it. And then I, I bled beyond my 50 minute timer by like another 40 minutes. And doing that two hour break plus the 50 minute cycle before I was fried. I didn't have any more capacity for really good work. My eyes were kind of more glazed over. Whereas if I hadn't done that and I'd heated my 50, 10 blocks, I can usually these days do five deep work blocks on writing without getting too burnt. So, um, everyone's different. You dear listener, I think just, uh, ask yourself what works best for you. I think that there are some developers out there who maybe thrive on just like five hours, no bathrooms, no water. I don't know, just yeah, only coding. An automaton, but, basically. Yeah, yeah, but it's not me. No, no. And you make a good point about water as well. I, I took that on board, oh, a long, long time ago. And I really don't know that I could live without it. I always have a pint glass mm. uh, next to me, and it's basically full of water. And when it's empty, I just go and fill it up. I have a nice. sink within like 10 meters of where I'm sitting, and I just go fill it up and come straight back down. The whole journey takes like 12 seconds. Nice. And uh, and I get through a lot of water, and I I I have no medical reason to believe it's powerful, but certainly seems to help. Yeah, I mean, water's good. I'm I'm right there with you. I have like a one liter bottle, and every time a 50 minute timer's up, I pee and fill it back up. So I probably drink like five or six liters a day. I met somebody at WordCamp uh, US recently who had a gigantic bottle. Uh, I'm gonna say like three liters. It was truly huge. You, could, you almost couldn't get your hand around it. And the outside had uh, times on it. So instead of measures, it had times of the day. And the further mm. down the, the the bottle you got, the later Smart. in the day it was. And the intention was to get to the get to the mark by a certain time of the day. Now, I'm not, I'm not that serious about it. I just take mm. a sip when I feel like I, I need it. Uh, it's really good for when I'm talking like this for an hour. You know, it really helps yeah. sort of loosen the throat. But I thought that was curious. You know, they, they'd actually gone to that uh, extra level. It's a bit like the por pom Pomodoro timer, only for water consumption. I thought that yeah, was interesting. Yeah, keep it in the So it was like a big one gallon. Yeah, it was huge. Kind of it was absolutely yeah. huge. I mean, it, I work in sort of pints, really. I'm sure it was like four or five pints. It was okay. enormous. <laughs> but uh, but it, I'd just never seen one of those before. And, and they were very, very, very persuasive it was obviously something they believed in passionately because i kind of 
almost mockingly said, what are they for? And they explained very carefully. And I was like, okay, yeah, got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. My, uh, one of my friends who uses, he's in my Habitica party. <laughs> he, um, he gives himself a little Habitica checkmark thing whenever he refills his water bottle because he struggles to drink enough water. So he aims to click that little checkmark four times a day. Yeah. So there are lots of cool systems around yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, within this category of deep work guidance, we talked about Focusmate. We talked about Pomodoro timers. Uh, another thing that works really well if you don't want to talk to humans, which I often don't, uh, there's this company called Ultra Working that I like. They put on like things like Focusmate and they put on events and stuff and they have this thing it's like a Google Sheet template called Work Cycles. I'll make a note to include the link in the show notes. Uh, it basically kind of it guides this this fifty ten cycle or twenty five five or whatever you want. You can just kind of customize the Google Sheet. What I personally use is uh, I use this app called TickTick, which we'll talk about more in the task management section. But uh, TickTick is where I just kind of put all my personal life tasks, and it has a customizable Pomodoro timer thingy right. built in. Right. Uh, so you can just type in, I usually type 5010. Lately I've been experimenting with 6010 because now that I'm not doing focus mates, it doesn't have to end even on the hour, you know? Mm. So, uh, and then final one is uh, an app, which I'll talk probably again about called Sunsama. I've been really loving that lately. I was resistant to it for a bit. My girlfriend turned me on to it, like most of these apps, and it. It allows you to show yourself your day at a glance and then zoom in and focus on one task. And if you're starting to fall behind on your day or your estimates, it'll encourage you to move on to the next one. It's, so it's primarily like a time blocking app, but it ties in your time blocks with your weekly goals and stuff like that. And I just really love it. So I'm looking at the website for that one now, and it seems to have one of the things which every task management app that I've used never sort of seems to have, which is it kind of collates for you in a day the amount of time by the looks of things so if you've got a certain amount of time logged for let's say four tasks and they all add up to four hours Mm -hmm. then it presents you with that as four hours and if you move one of those tasks onto the following day it adjusts the amount of time you've Mm -hmm. got to dedicate to that That, that's interesting that's interesting i am so guilty of letting tasks overrun and you know that thing that I'm sure you've been there before. You get to the end of the day and only half of the things are achieved. And so what do you do? You just push them all to the next day in the vain yeah. hope that that's going to work ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it has been a really, like, it's it's not cheap, this app, uh, for what it does. I think it's like 20 or something bucks a month mm-hmm, or 40. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, it's quickly become one of my very few shortlisted go-tos because what I love about it is the simplicity. If you have too much on your schedule, it's like, are you sure you want to put 11 hours of work on your schedule today? Yeah, it's helping uh, you, yeah. But what I what I love especially is that you can associate a given task with a weekly goal. So it gives you a way to kind of see how the time blocks that you're putting on your day tie into your weekly goals. Because what will often happen is I'll set a bunch of ambitious weekly goals and I'll get to the end and it turns out that I I didn't make enough progress. Whereas with this... If I see that my weekly goals are, I don't know, write two blog posts, do one outreach and work five hours on client work. Uh, and yeah. then we're getting to Wednesday and I haven't touched client work yet. Then I know I need to prioritize client work time blocks or yeah. whatever the yeah. layout is. Yeah. It looks interesting. Sunsama. We'll, we'll stick all these in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one other one like Sunsama, uh, now I'm forgetting the name motion, motion with an M, not notion with an N. 
yeah. motion like Mary. Okay. <laughs> it yeah. does like what Sun Sama does, but it has some AI thing where it like manages your time blocks for you. I don't like it as much, but I know some people do. Okay. So next up, routine management. So for me, part of that concept of building a protocol involves understanding what I need to do to be at my best. And especially for me, I'm extremely sensitive to getting thrown off by poor diet choices. And I'm ridiculously sensitive to getting thrown off by like, not even a bad night's sleep, just a suboptimal night's sleep. Huh. Interesting. Uh, okay. And I think everyone knows what they're kind of, or everyone has a sense probably of what their, their number one most important habit is that affects their life the most. Uh, if I were to just put you on the spot and say, Nathan, what do you think like your number one self-care habit is? What comes off your gut? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is because of what you've just been talking about, but it is sleep. Mm. What's your, how much do you need to sleep? Per eight. Night to just eight? eight is optimal, but I can function very, very well on significantly less for a finite amount of time. I guess you do have kids. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the you, you, you. I mean, you just you are the luckiest human alive if you don't have to adjust <laughs> your your sleeping regimen when yeah. you have children. Um, yeah, yeah d definitely, definitely, I can survive on less. But it's uh, eight is the is the the real like the sweet spot. And is do you use something like an aura, and you're saying eight hours of actual sleep, or it's like if you go to bed at ten, wake up at six, that kind of eight? Uh, yeah, it's it's more the be asleep for eight hours. It's, it, I've got to be honest with you. I would say I'm a 50% on the target there. I would say half the time I don't actually manage that, but that is the, that's the amount of time where I wake up and I feel like if I, if I've achieved that, I wake up and think, Hmm, yeah, that was good. I'm nice. almost like, you know, you ping wide awake and you're ready to hit the the, gro the ground running. Yeah. And I'm with you. If I, I notice that sleep sleeps at the top for me, even though diet's huge, because when I'm tired, I have lower willpower. When yeah. I have lower willpower, I eat things that mess me up even more. And the um, thing about sleep is it's a cumulative thing yeah. and and it can't be redeemed in a matter of minutes. Whereas for me, food can. I don't mm. mean, you know, if you're feeling hungry, you can sate the appetite by just putting food in your mouth. Obviously, you're probably talking more about a healthy, balanced diet over a longer period of time. But yeah. the, the sleep thing is just a cumulative drag and you're really going to struggle to get yourself out of that hole if you've had weeks of poor sleep, yeah, almost everything. In fact, I was listening to a, a podcast episode um, of a completely different, nothing to do with WordPress, but um, it was a, a sleep expert. He's one of the few sleep experts, and um, it was about four hours long, all about sleep, and it was absolutely fascinating. Yes. I think he, I think he works at MIT, so he's, he's got chops, and uh, and he was saying, you know, without sleep, you are twenty four hours, you you on the edge a little bit 48 hours you're in trouble 72 hours without sleep you are literally clinically insane <laughs> is this the dude who wrote why we sleep that uh, guy? possibly i couldn't tell you that he definitely had uh, academic materials i don't know if mm. he was publishing a book at the time but um yeah it was fascinating you know that the sleep deprivation the things that it does to your brain over time that you you know if you claim to be able to sleep four hours a day and carry on there's all sorts of problems that you are storing up for later on in your life that you, you can't possibly foresee now. Yeah, and apparently even one hour of sleep deprivation per day like massively ups your risk of like cancer and yep. autoimmune diseases and like yep. that. By Matthew Walker, he's the why we sleep I guy. I can't remember. I'll, I'll look it up when you talk um, about something else. I'll have a quick look, yeah. But yeah, so for you, listener, 
what's your like number one self-care habit? Is it sleep? Is it diet? Is it exercise? Is it journaling? Meditation? What is it? I've noticed I keep a log of different experiments that I'm running on my body and brain. And I don't think I'll ever find anything as effective as just going to bed at 1030, waking up at 730. If I can yeah. do that, I'm just golden. Yeah. Uh, so within this category of routine management, the idea is creating routines so that you can support yourself making your best choices without requiring like a lot of willpower and without having to think about it. So this has just two. Habitica, once again, Habitica's in like all these freaking categories. Uh, but something else that's been really cool, once again, learned from my girlfriend is uh, there's this app. It's I have iPhone now, so I don't know if it's on Android, but it's called Multi-Timer. It's not at all meant for this, but you can use it for this. Uh, it's basically just a timer app and they have these interval timers where you can create a bunch of interval um, steps for each of the items in your routine. So I have one timer in there that's my pre-cat feeding morning routine, and then another one for after I fed my cat and I'm starting work, and then one for my evening. And so instead of me having to remember to brush my teeth and floss and lock the door and unplug the air filter and you know just all those other things, I just start my little interval timer and it tells me what to do. I click the step, click the step, click the step. And uh, that pairs really well with Habitica because there are certain things like flossing that I always lie to my dentist and say that I do when truly, <laughs> truly, you know, I don't do it and I want to. Uh, Habitica <laughs> pairs really well because I created a daily in Habitica that I categorized as quote hard so that it gives me more experience, more gold, more mana when I complete it. And so now I have this like nice little dopamine incentive to actually do this thing that isn't particularly rewarding on its own yeah i noticed when you uh when you put the show notes together you you listed out a whole bunch of things which typically most people don't add into the show notes and that there were all sorts of things that you wanted to ask me and things that you wanted to check at the end of the podcast and things like that and i, I did notice a tendency for you to be very thorough in mm. uh in putting all these things down and obviously you know you've just given it some thought and in they go and then it's part of what you want to do on that day it's kind of you've outsourced it to well, in this case, it was Notion, but it could be anything else. But you, you want to sort of just take that, make it, make it so that you don't have to think too much about it, but give yourself a nice hit when you achieve it as well. It's good. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, a lot of the time our weaknesses can be alchemized into strengths. And for me, like I have always struggled with a terrible, terrible, terrible memory. Uh, but I found a way to cope, which is just put stuff in place so that I don't have to remember. Yes, and Yes. My girlfriend still gets really yes. annoyed at me all the time for forgetting everything. Ugh. But at least, you know, at least I can not disappoint my clients and not drop the ball with my life and work by yeah. creating these structures. Yeah, and stuff. this this is genuinely a problem that I face. My memory is also atrocious. I mean, prodigiously bad. I'm, go <laughs> I'm In fact, I'm going to say, Zach, I'm more or less certain that your memory is superior to mine. Mine is just appalling and I, for the same reason i've got all these apps everywhere i honestly don't know what i would do without technology i would just be going around with like a bible thick pad of paper constantly searching for things that i'd written down if it wasn't for if it wasn't for apps so yeah i get it here's the test nathan so <laughs> i don't often, ask me birthdays <laughs> <laughs> i often will go to email myself little ideas like I'm like ooh, this is a cool app idea i should code this up yeah 
<laughs> and then I'll find that I actually already emailed myself that idea like six months ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, I don't that. have that problem, no, because <laughs> I don't fulfill those sorts of tasks. But it's just the mundane stuff like what I'm supposed to be doing tomorrow. Yeah. And the calendar tells me. So I, I, there is a bit of me which wonders whether or not I have divested that. And so I've forgotten to care because the calendar takes care of it in the same way that you know, that there a slight concern maybe for some people listening will be, well, if everything's in an app or I've off, offset everything to an app, may, maybe there's a bit of me which will give up on making a mental note of it. And, yeah. and I think there's probably a bit of truth in that. In the, If I totally. make more of an effort with the calendar, um, I would probably have more, um, more recollection of what was in it. My wife, yeah. as an example, um, who never writes anything in a calendar, remembers everything. It's absurd. Um, you know, she knows when everybody's birthday is throughout the year. She knows what's coming up in six months time. She knows the date of a concert that we've got to attend months from now and what time it starts and all of that. And I'm like, hang on, I've got to search concert in Google Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it does make you worse. Like literally just now while you were talking about that, my coping mechanism is I wrote a little note in Notion, talk about memory making us like talk about apps making our memory worse. I yeah. had to write that down to remember it this 30 seconds later. But I think from everything I've heard, it's true. But you have to ask yourself, what is better? What is it better to feel like you quote should be better, feel like you should be someone else and try your best to remember everything and inevitably fail because your brain's not just just not wired that way or accept that we are all cyborgs because it's 2022 and our phones <laughs> are tethered to us and yeah. Literally all of us have offloaded some of our processing power and consciousness into these devices. Yeah. And maybe that's just okay. No, I have a very good anecdote. I used to play in a band with a guy and he, he was, he, during the day he worked in IT and he was quite senior and he showed up one day with this, this thing. So, so this is going to age me. He showed up with a Palm Pilot. Do you remember those? <laughs> so Palm Pilot was like a really kind of almost like a prehistoric piece of technology, mm -hmm. but it could sync to your Windows machine. So he synced his calendars and he synced his contacts and he whipped it out in this band practice. And we, we all just like pounced on him, you know, mocked him horribly about this thing. And he, he said to us all, yeah, but, but if I lose this, then it's I'll just get it back tomorrow because it's all on my computer at home. And we, we just, yeah, we just mocked him horribly. Anyway, turn out the next week, the drummer showed up and said, yeah, I lost my contact book this week. Oh. I've lost them all. He had it written on a little paper book. So I think there is merit. And I, I am happy to have a calendar as a sort of surrogate memory. It's fine. Yeah. And I think that this, this little convo we're having now kind of in jest really does speak to the the broad thing I want to cover today, which is like, I, I struggle with this a lot personally, emotionally. Like I feel like I should remember better. I feel like a bad boyfriend, bad son. But the thing that's difficult is like, you know, if you miss an event, there is something you could have done. You could have written it on a calendar. But with like remembering something, you can't remember everything. You can't make a note about everything. Like, you know, you some stuff slips and you have to kind of just accept that this is who you are. Yeah. And instead of trying to shame yeah. yourself and force yourself into being somebody else, instead be strategic about what you can put in place to support you. And that's like kind of the theme of all this stuff today. We're about to talk about impulse control. And for me with ADHD, like ADHD people just always seek dopamine hits. And so if I sit here and I say, Zach, you should floss. You're supposed to floss. The dentist said you should floss. Why can't you just freaking floss? That doesn't get me to floss. But if I say, ooh, 
gold and experience points. That gets me to floss. You know, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. That's great. And so I think that's the key is just own where you're at. Don't feel shameful about it. Look at it detached emotionally and just say, this is a problem. What's a potential solution I can put into place that doesn't require me to quote, be better. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That's With obviously that, that's quite probably deep. a good segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next category is uh, task management, and then we'll talk about impulse control. So task okay. management, simple. We don't need to dive too deep, but just basically like if you've heard of get the getting things done framework, I haven't fully educated myself on it, but one thing I do know about it that I like is get things out of your head, have a place to put things and make notes about where you left off last time you worked on something. Those are my two things I know about getting things done. And yeah. so for Isn't my- Isn't also a bit in there about getting the, sh the small things done quickly? Yeah, he says if it takes under two minutes, do it don't now. make a task, just yeah. do it now. Yeah. Yeah. And this I think is, this is the problem with email, I think, is that almost all email can be answered in two minutes. So you end up, <laughs> yeah. end up kind of getting sucked into it. But yeah, get things done quickly. Just before we move on from that one, I know that most people have got a, an app. My problem here, which is a very much a first world problem, and uh, forgive me, but is that I can't settle on, a, on an app that, or, a, or a system. I should say, mm. uh, which is my perfect method. I've got probably at least four ongoing at the minute. So I've got one app for one kind of task, one app for another kind of task, one app for a family. You know, it's just a, mm. a mess. And and that is literally that I haven't found the perfect one. I'm, I'm always thinking when I find the perfect one, I'll, I'll consolidate it all and it'll all go in there. But I've mm. yet to find it. Well, so is is there some problem with having the four different ones beyond not wanting to pay for four subscriptions? Like, the only, yeah, yeah, there is that. The only uh, the only problem is remembering which one the thing is in because mm. there's slight overlap. Okay. Um, and sometimes as I'm transitioning from one to the other, I, I fail to complete it because, you know, kids arrive home or something and I'm halfway through migrating the task from one to the other or something like that. So half of them live over here, half of them live over there and I never quite complete that job. So I'm always shuffling between two yeah it's a bit ridiculous actually you would be fairly shocked if you looked at the system i've got for tracking well maybe tasks. <laughs> i do use multiple things but i feel like they have discrete boundaries and yeah. i feel mine works so maybe you'll get some ideas when i talk about mine yeah okay and i want to i want us to go fast because ultimately we're getting long in this episode anyway and we're probably going to talk about tools at this point so let's still try to get through the system and i won't go too deep on mine but for my task management uh what i really like is tick tick for small dumb little random tasks like oh remember to buy toilet paper tonight that goes in tick tick or remember to respond to my family later that goes in tick tick and this one is going to come up on the distraction ones but one of the things i found really valuable for deep work as i mentioned i have a terrible memory and so i have these habits where if i see a notification i feel compelled to answer it immediately because i know that if i don't it'll never get responded to right uh, or if I have an idea, I feel like I have to do something with because it otherwise it'll go away forever. That's where Tick Tick is so good. Like if um, I'm in a deep work block and I accidentally see some notification on my phone that I didn't mean to, I'll swipe it away on my phone so it doesn't distract me anymore. And I'll make a Tick Tick task to go to respond to that person or do that thing. So it's like a control notification. Or if I get an idea for a new blog post or some task I need to do for a client, all of that, I just immediately put away, get it out of my mind, put it in Tick Tick don't have to remember it because I get a lot of anxiety and brain looping if I have to try to remember something because I just, I know I can't. The only strategy I ever actually remember is like I attach something weird to my body so that I look at it. And I'm like, why the hell is this on <laughs> yeah. my body? Yeah. Why um, have I tied the knot in yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. 
so for task management, tick ticks for all that small stuff. Notion is for projects. Okay, so, because it's more feature rich. It's not just tasks. You can bind all sorts of things into one Notion yeah, page, and mo- can't you? Yeah, exactly. It's hierarchical. That's the thing. So like within my Notion, I break it down. Personal projects, my startups and businesses, client projects. So okay, kick- that's a nice, easy separation, yeah. Yeah, kick-ass freelancing is in here in my startups and projects for this episode. Client projects, like any website I build, personal projects would be like music production, singing, journaling, whatever. Uh, and then Sansama is kind of like a high level uh, focused in daily things. So when I'm working during my day, I'll look at Sunsama and I might create a Sunsama tasks for like work on XYZ client. And then uh, I could go into Notion to see exactly where I left off with that client and what the tasks are I have to work on. Yeah. That kind of thing. So that's how I break it down. Okay. Um, do you have anything you want to add? For no, task manager? I, I, I keep just to let through. you know the, the sort of suites that I use, I've got this active inbox for email, which acts as a sort of to-do list in a way. Mm. You can assign tasks directly and bind them to email, mm. which is kind of nice. And they pop back up so you can say, sleep this email for a week and then pester me about it in a week, that kind of thing, which is quite nice. I also use um, Evernote quite a lot, which until recently I was kind of thinking of getting rid of, and they've done quite a lot of dev work. And I think I think basically they've looked at things like Notion and realized they need to have the note doesn't doesn't need to be a note. The note needs to be a sort of a, a point uh, consolidating more other data types. So mm-hmm. they've added in tasks and all these other things inside of notes. And so I'm sticking, staying the course there, seeing if it <laughs> ends up morphing into something like Notion. Okay. And um, and then I also use Todoist as well. Nice. Um, which uh, which it looks a little bit like TickTick. Tick. One thing I've noticed immediately about TickTick, Tick, which is really nice, is that they've got the really nice affordable annual plan. So if yeah. if you've listened to Zach and you're enjoying this, it's only 28 bucks for a whole year, which is pretty decent in my book. Yeah. Yeah, I used to use both Todoist and Evernote. And I just kind of, Evernote was too long ago. It didn't really work for me. Todoist, yeah. I definitely yeah. like TickTick Tick better. Yeah. One note, uh, you seem to think Sunsama was cool. You can actually, I don't personally do it, but... You can make tasks out of emails in Sansama as well. Okay. It hooks in with Gmail. Yeah, you were, you were able to do the same thing with um, with Todoist as well. They had like that extension mm. which lives in the sidebar of Gmail. But uh, Active Inbox is much more. You can do all sorts with Active okay. Inbox. It's nice. much more, much cleverer. You can sort of tag things and uh, put dates on things, and you know, and you can see with clicks of buttons every email that belonged to a certain thread and all of this. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Nice. Yep. Okay. There we go. We've done with that. So next up, we've got impulse control, which as you can guess from what I've said, I'm quite excited about. We talked a bit about a lot of these in the last episode, so we don't need to get too nerdy. But um, the main goal for the impulse control one is to just try to reduce willpower. So in Nathan's example earlier, he would look to that Gmail tab on the left and it wasn't there. But imagine if he kept it there. Imagine all the willpower that would be required to not click that tab every day. It would just be unnecessary struggle. And so when you're looking for tools to help with impulsivity, the goal isn't for you to be, quote, better or, quote, stronger. It's for you to eliminate eliminate the things that will require you to have willpower in the first place. So a couple within this, so we talked about the last episode. Uh, one of them is Freedom. It's an app, and it allows you to block certain websites on schedules. Nice. Uh, Inbox and Ready is what I use, and Nathan uses something else. What's the one you use, Nathan? For uh, well, inbox? I've just got a system whereby I use Firefox's. I I use in order to block things. You mean? 
in order to make it so that if you like go to Gmail, it hides all your emails. Before oh you yeah, so that that is also a feature of Active Inbox. Okay, Sorry. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, there's a there's, it's called Focus Mode, um, okay. and you click a little icon in the UI, and and it just gets rid of all of the things. And, nice. Uh, yeah, it's good. And something I was looking into the other day, if you, I think the challenge with deep work, if you do reactive work as part of your job, like let's say your whole job is to fix servers when they go down. You know, you can't not check your email. And I get that. I get that not everybody can just zone out of notifications. I think it's about you seeking out the notifications versus letting them seek you out. And so there are other things that you can do that would be helpful here. Like um, I learned that there's a setting in Gmail that you can toggle to hide message previews. So message previews will hijack your attention, but subject lines alone will just tell you what the email's about. So if you were to disable previews, you could go into your inbox, see what all the subjects are, make sure there's nothing that's like a fire that needs to be put out, close your inbox, get back to what you were doing. You could build a cycle where you check your inbox for fires to put out every hour, and you still do those 50 minute work cycles. So if you do reactive work, it's not that deep work's not for you, you're just gonna have to be creative. Um, so that's one tool. And then the last tool within this impulse control is eliminating inputs and distractions. So if you check the news first thing, that's the kind of thing that can hijack your attention, mess up your creativity, stuff like that. If you check Slack, email, phone, Facebook, Instagram, anything where you're exposed to somebody else's opinion or a potential problem is in my opinion, a risk. Yeah. Uh, like I said in the last episode, and I've said countless times on this podcast, I've taken the hammer to the knot, definitely, and just uninstalled everything. They mm -hmm. literally are not on my phone anymore, so they simply can't interact with me. <laughs> so, not for everybody that, though. And I, I heard one objection recently to this, which is that a designer said that it's extremely high risk to wake up, not check any notifications, and to start design, because what if the scope changed overnight? Yeah. Uh, so if you have the yeah. kind of work where that would happen. In my opinion, scope changing overnight like that can be sorted out with a better client interview process. But if if you literally, there's nothing you can do and your scope might change at the last minute, then I would challenge you to still lay out your tasks in advance and maybe your first deep work of the block, deep work block of the day is 30 minutes. 30 minutes notification free and then you check your inbox. And when you do check your inbox, you don't read the news, you don't check Facebook, you don't do all that stuff, you just check your inbox, you just check Slack, and you try to only look at subject lines. Just, you know, you just kind of have to curate. That's the idea here. Yeah. So we can move on to the next section if you yeah. like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next category is connection with the most important work. This kind of ties into the idea of strategic deep work. And uh, within this category, it's kind of less probably about tools and more about habits or lifestyle things or whatever. But something I find really useful is um, doing goal setting yearly, monthly, and weekly, as well as like daily connections in Sansama and my daily journal. And the reason why is that uh, a big yearly goal can be reverse engineered into monthly, weekly, and daily goals. And usually when I set my big goals, I try to have them be driven by something I can control rather than something that's dependent on an end result. So for example, if I said I want to earn $100,000 this year as a freelancer, that's not necessarily directly in my control, but I could uh, spend 100 hours on outreach to agencies to seek partnerships. That's something that I can definitely control. I can control the time I spend doing that even if I can't control the results. 
So having goals like that and engineering them into what has to happen at smaller intervals, I find really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting as well. You got so many insights. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's quite something, Zach. <laughs> Perhaps overwhelming, I fear. <laughs> but I think, you know, my goal here isn't for you to just take on 50 million things. It's just to find one that resonates, implement it. If it works or doesn't work, choose another one, implement that. And then before you know it, you've got about a million things that you can't seem to fit into two podcast episodes. Yeah. (laughs) But also, I guess um, some people will have some of this stuff under control and it may be that they don't have other aspects. And yeah, yeah, totally. You you know, not everybody's floundering in every sphere. So it's possible that you just need, I don't know, to take control of like me, the inbox in the morning, but some of the other things take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's got, everyone 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 knows without having to really think about it what their low-hanging fruit easy win is that gets them a free hour per day maybe that's not checking the news first thing maybe it's not checking facebook first thing like there are these sorts of things that just we all know if we didn't do this we'd have no worse of a life and we just have more time to do things we actually enjoy yeah. and i feel like if you do nothing but that one little thing all this other stuff it doesn't matter. It's just like icing on the cake to get another little bit. Yeah. Hot tip. You don't get an hour extra by going to bed later or getting up earlier. Stick, yeah. <laughs> stick to the stick to the eight hour bedtime regime. Yeah. How, how are we doing? Have we managed to get through all of that? I know there was a lot there, but it was. We have a little bit left. Keep that's going. Right. <laughs> so on this connection with important work, once you've got your goals, I think it's just a matter of keeping yourself on task with them. And that's where, as I mentioned, I love Sansama. Because before what would happen is I'd set my weekly goals and then I'd go out to do my daily task and there'd be no connection between my day's work and my week's goals. Uh, Whereas Sansama, the week's goals are kind of like always floating in front of me when I plan a day. So that's cool. Last category, and we can end this thing, (laughs) is deep focus encouragement. And this is where like Brain FM and stuff comes in. So these are tools that will just help you to be focused and stay focused. So one of those is naturally Sansama. When you're in Sansama, you can like press space bar when you're on a task and it'll pull it up into focus mode. So you can't see any other task for the day. You can't see your week. You can't see anything. It's just sitting in front of you. Hey, Zach, you're supposed to be working on this. So that's really cool. Uh, work cycle sheets are really great for this too, because you type in advance what you want to work on this session. So if you ever kind of fall off, you just look at that, you're referenced. Um, Brain FM is really helpful because they have their magical sciency wizardry that helps you focus. Uh, paper notes, paper, paper is a thing that exists. So yeah, if you, yeah. <laughs> if you have something you really want to do today and you want all your work to be in service to this one big ass goal, just write it on a piece of paper. Yeah. I am big <laughs> on paper for the day ahead. Yeah. Um, I can consolidate a lot of the things by just flicking through the, the disparate task managers and I just write down the most important ones. And, and funnily enough, as you as we've been talking throughout this whole episode, I've just been scribbling notes. It's just part of what works for me. I think there's yeah. something about the 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 fact that you've engaged muscles in a certain way that mm-hmm. seems to commit it more into my head and seems to give it more importance or credence. I don't quite know what I'm saying there, but it definitely has some impact, which is not quantifiable for me. And science actually backs it. Oh, okay. Apparently, if you write something on a piece of paper with a pencil or a pen or whatever, it engages a different part of your brain than if you were to write the note on a computer or yeah. a keyboard. I so. found that when I was at university studying, if I if I read something 15 times, there was a one in five chance that I would remember it. And if I wrote it twice, 
then there was mm. a 100% chance that it was going to be remembered. So it was a, awesome. Yeah, it really worked. Yeah. So uh, another one, deep focus encouragement, we already covered it, is no imp inputs, muted notifications. Don't let anyone contact you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't hysterical. edit that out. You That's have to keep so that. You have funny. to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll that's let you go brilliant. turn it on. No, no, no. I'm going to okay. keep that in and let it just ring off. <laughs> okay. The, uh, that's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't imagine. Could not imagine that being better timed. It'll be just yeah. some robo call. It always is. Please carry on. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Serendipity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another one is strategic breaks as covered. So cue your breaks with Pomodoro timers, breaks in focus mate, multi timer, or even just, you know, like a stopwatch on your phone, something to remind you to stop working, take a couple minutes, look at something far away, maybe do some exercise, take a walk, whatever. Uh, that getting things done technique of marking where you're leaving off so that when you come to pick it back up, you have a note for yourself of what you were trying to do. That has been huge for me. Often when I'm working on a big like software product or something, I will be like, what the hell was I even doing? And then I have to comb through all this old code. Whereas if you just make notes, much easier. Uh, Another one, which Nathan has a good story on that he might skip for time, is physically creating some sort of visual distinction, especially if you live with roommates, significant others, or children, to help them know that you're in work mode. So this might be physically closing your office door, or if you don't have an office, my girlfriend once made a little curtain that she would like slide closed. My mom has... Uh, an open for business sign like that you'd see on a coffee shop just on her office door that she'll flip. Uh, Nathan, do you want to share your story? Yeah, my, mine's, mine's interesting because it's a, it's a personal one. And we, when I was growing up, my father used to work at home. He had an office at home uh, long before lockdowns and all of that. And, uh, and he would, he would typically get dressed into his suit. So the suit was largely the thing, but quite a lot of times he wouldn't because he knew he wasn't going to be seeing uh, clients face to face but the 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 indicator to us which was please leave me alone was a pair of shoes he had a particular pair of shoes and when those shoes were on his feet we knew that uh don't trouble father because <laughs> he's uh he's in work mode and then he would you know flip them off and and he would be back into sort of father mode and he was engaged and engaging you know he could he could chat with us so that was a that was a really good one and it worked because we all knew the rules yeah and, you know, an idea that that gave me that I think is maybe on the ridiculous side <laughs> would be that if I want to do that, I would get like a custom shirt made that literally says, I am in work mode. Do not talk to me. Yeah, no, I think you should. Shirt. I think you should get that made on a cape. <laughs> <laughs> like a Somebody Batman. tells me my cat Batman would not cape, respect yeah. it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess with me. I'm working cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the last one in this category is uh, batching your calls. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Let's no, I'm just in complete agreement. I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so for me, if I take a client call or a sales call or anything in the middle of the day, it just kind of screws up the whole day. It screws up the stuff before, it screws up the stuff after it. And so what I found is really good is shoving them towards the end of the day, for me personally, maybe different for you, and batching them. Having the hard start and end time will be helpful for everybody, and you can kind of condense your whole thing. If you use a tool like Calendly, you can tweak your availability so that it doesn't even show up as available in Calendly until like 4 p.m. or yeah, whatever. That's exactly what I did. I had a we need a call kind of calendar. It wasn't Calendly. It was another one, but the principle was the same. And I would just allocate a period of time and the slots would be 10 minutes and there'd be like three at the end of the day. And it, yeah, mm. it was good. It worked really, really nice. effectively. Yeah. Actually, also, strangely, just the impediment of 
uh, and I never really intended it this way, but I have a feeling that the just that that hoop to jump through sometimes made people second guess whether the phone call was even necessary mm. um, because they obviously had to go through a web page to book something and consider the time implications for them and and very often you know they would phone up and I say go onto the calendar and book it in and we'll we'll have a proper chat and then it would never materialize so obviously mm. something wasn't quite as necessary as it purported to be. Yeah, I feel like most calls end up actually not being necessary a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, one note on this that my girlfriend has found really helpful and freed up a bunch of free time in her work schedule is she themes her days. So she'll have one day, she's a copywriter, she'll have one day that's like her strategy and drafting day. She does that all day. Another day that's like a meeting day. Another day that's for blah, 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 blah. So uh, for me, I'm not quite so keen, but I might play with it a little bit more. But themed days might be something that works for you as a listener. And that... Yeah. Yeah, I, I can is, totally subscribe to that. I I, yeah. de- I do do that. I mean, the constraints on my theming is very, they're not massively dissimilar. They're broadly the same, but I do do things like that. I have a day mm. of a thing and another day of a thing, and it keeps the interest going for me, yeah. Nice. So I reckon, you know, we could, sure, go for another four hours on this uh, <laughs> one, but it seems like a pretty good place to I think to we've it. done pretty well. I'd just like to say... Uh, first of all, thank you for Zach. Zach's been incredibly generous with his time, but also um, the the amount of pre- preparation that Zach's put into it. You probably won't ever get to see it, but there is quite a lot of thought that Zach's put into this. And um, like you said, we probably could have spun it out into a, a course or something, which uh, which probably segues into something that you may want to mention. But oh, gosh, um, yeah, so from my point of view, thank you for the, for the amount of time that you've put into it. It's a large subject and you've obviously given it a lot of thought over the time. Where? Thank you. It's been so fun to chat with you. Oh, I think good. I've laughed I'm... more on these calls than like in the past few days. So yeah, great. well, I'm really pleased about that. So if people want to contact you, you know, there's a little spark has been has been kindling a fire and you want to reach out to Zach and get more information and plunder his thoughts and probably fill out his calendly form, <laughs> um, where would we go, Zach? And also feel free to mention any products, services or anything that you are promoting at the moment. Well, so I actually made a free course for all this. So obviously today I shared a bunch of information and if I were listening, I think I would be a little bit overwhelmed because it's just it's just too much and there's not really a framework. We didn't even go through this kind of truncated framework. So if you've listened to this and you think it would be cool to implement strategic deep work into your business, if you feel like that's something you'd benefit from, you'll dig this free course that I made, which you can sign up for at kickassfreelancing.com slash deep work just one word, kickassfreelancing.com slash deep work. And basically it's going to walk you through all the stuff I shared today and on the last episode and a bit more that I had to cut even beyond this <laughs> uh, in a linear start to finish way. So I'll kind of help you get some easy wins early on, quick wins, and then I'll help you refine and get better and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully help you build a protocol that works really well for you. That's my goal. So if you wanted to join that, it's free and I think you'd dig it. Do you want to share us? Do you do social? I know that it's probably the antithesis of what we've been saying, but if you've got yeah. a social handler or anything. Sure. Uh, my Twitter, I'll have to remember. Oh, here we go. My Twitter is Zach Makes Things, and that's Z-A-C-H, makes, plural, things, plural. I try to make it to be podcast-friendly, but as I read it, it doesn't actually sound that <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, the things can easily get lost, the pluralization. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Well, honestly, Zach, I really appreciate it. It's been great fun having a chat with you over the last couple of days. Really interesting, informative. It's been a nice to and fro, um, me <laughs> sharing what I think and you sharing what you think. It's been lovely. So thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. 
yeah, thank you once again. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Lovely to have Zach on the show. Really interesting to talk to somebody about something, well, not particularly in the WordPress space, but if you are sitting down at a computer and you're finding yourself distracted, I'm sure that the last two episodes will have been very useful to you. Obviously, Zach mentioned in the podcast the course that he's offering. Go to the wpbuilds.com website, search for episode number 312, and you can find the links there to his kickassfreelancing.com deep work course. It's a step-by-step implementation of all of the bits and pieces that he's been talking about. Go and check that out. And also, if you feel like leaving us a comment, please do. Search for episode number 312 and leave us a comment there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds. And once again, I'd like to extend my thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds podcast. We will be back on Monday for the This Week in WordPress show. Please feel free to join us. I know it's very early for people in the US. It's 2 p.m. UK time, which is often in many cases very, very early in the morning, perhaps too early for the US audience. But we're there live and we enjoy all the comments that come our way. You can collect what we produce as a audio episode the following morning if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and subscribe over there. Or, of course, do that on your favourite podcast player and consume the audio each time we produce an episode. One last quick mention, wpbuilds.com forward slash sponsors. If you're into sponsoring the Page Builder Summit, we'd love to have you on board. But that's it. That's all I've got to say this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Stay safe. Some cheesy music fading in. Bye-bye for now.